This is Lisa Picot playing Mindy on Married with Children, Kelly's friend. This is Jennifer Lyons, also known as Bud Bundy's girlfriend, Ariel. This is Juliette Tablack, also known as Marcy's niece, Amber. This is Rich Scheidner, Al Bundy's co-worker at the shoe store, Luke Ventura. This is Ed Bell, known to you all as Bob Rooney. This is Harold Sylvester, also known as Griff. This is Amanda Burse, also known as Marcy Rhodes Darcy. This is David Faustino. Uh, I think you know me better, obviously, as Bud Bundy, uh, a.k.a. Grandmaster B. This is Michael Moy, creator of Married with Children. And you're listening to the Married with Children podcast. I'm looking for Mr. Al Bundy. I was Al Bundy. <laughs> I'm married with children. Wait a second. Al Bundy? The all-state Al Bundy? I was? I thought you died in Nam. No. <laughs> well, uh, actually, I, I started that rumor. Yeah, see, I died here at home, victim of Agent Red. Let's clear up a few misconceptions. There are two things Peggy Bundy doesn't do. Number one, cook, clean, sew, vacuum, iron, and parent. And number two, exercise. I'm married with children. So this just might be the answer to my quest for the Holy Pale. <laughs> my purpose is to pass on my experience and knowledge to the young. Serving a burger with a side of wisdom, if you will. <laughs> it's nice to know that despite the fact that you've got parents and teachers and brothers and sisters and friends and guidance counselors, policemen and priests, that there is somebody that you can go to when you need help. <laughs> And that someone is Kelly Bundy, philosopher waitress. Hey, where's my food? Drop dead. <laughs> and stay in school. Chicks love new blood, so I'm assuming a whole new identity. As of now, my story is I'm a bad boy rapper from the streets of New York. <laughs> Goodbye, Bud Bundy. Hello, Grandmaster B. What does the B stand for? Brother of an idiot. Yeah. We're married with children. Who is it? Stephen Bartholomew Rhodes. Bartholomew? <laughs> Al, I'm horny. What are you going to do about it? when a simpleton like you knew what I had to do. <laughs> I feel great. I feel renewed. I'm ready to fly. Oh, yep. From this point on, Marcy Rhodes soars like an eagle. Marcy Darcy? <laughs> now, Marcy Darcy, what have I done? Maybe I should start wearing little dresses with dots on them. <laughs> I'm married with children. Hold everything. We've got a winner. <laughs> my name? Uh, Jefferson Darcy. That's my money. You, I'm sorry, Al. you got to be quicker. It's a young man's world. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Al Bundy, Al Bundy. Brave, courageous, and bold. Long live 
live his fame and long live his glory. Long may his story be told. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. Hey everybody, this is your buddy Al, creator of the Married with Children Podcast and host from Season 1 through the first episode of Season 8. Six years ago, I began the journey of this podcast, and just like life, it has had many twists and turns. The way we approached the show was a little different in the beginning. Obviously, we had co-host changes. We had different times in our life that we did the show. So we were changing as people, changing co-hosts, changing everything, and it was definitely a journey. I look back on all of it pretty fondly. It's, uh, I don't have a bad memory. It was just a really great time to look back on. Sometimes when I can't watch Married with Children, I'll even go back and listen to a review or, or two. And uh, it brings me right back there and it just reminds me of all the great times I had. And how lucky and thankful I am that I even wanted to start this because it was definitely deserving. Now, I'd like to introduce all the past and present co-hosts who wanted to be a part of this series wrap-up show. Hello, everyone. This is Jerry, host of the Married with Children podcast, season one to season four, I think. I'm honestly not really sure. But the wrap-up, it's time. The show's over. Hi, this is Jamie, co-host of the Married with Children podcast from seasons four to seven. Uh, I actually started on the fourth episode of season four. Hi, this is Annabelle, a.k.a. Mary Deniak, a.k.a. Bundiana, co-host of the Married with Children podcast from seasons eight to eleven. You know, you are the uh, walking library. <laughs> yeah, I apparently say so. I've been warned about you. Hello, Mary with Children podcast fans. This is Stephen, co-host of the Mary with Children podcast from seasons eight to eleven. Hi, this is Luigi, co-host of the Married with Children podcast from seasons eight through eleven. Hi, this is Matt, co-host of the Married with Children podcast from seasons eight to eleven. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Gunter, co-host of the Married with Children podcast from seasons 8 through 11. Hi, this is Tyler, co-host of the Married with Children podcast from seasons 8 to 11. For our series finale, we decided to do something a little different. We got all the current co-hosts and most of the former co-hosts to answer a series of questions that reflect on the journey of their fandom and of this podcast experience. We hope you enjoy the show. Question one. What does married with children mean to you? Well, personally for me, married with children, it'll always be something very nostalgic. It's 
it just reminds me of a time of when, you know, like they always say, when life was easy and your innocence and, you know, because I was 11, 12, 11 or 12 years old watching this. And it really kind of shaped my sense of humor, who I grow up to be. And it's the kind of thing that never leaves you. Like every time I revisit it, I'm right back there or I'm even applying it to my life now. You know, like I related to the kids when I was young and I kind of, well, you know, everybody I think always kind of clings to Al, but I did it in a different way as I got older. And it just, uh, it really speaks to me. And I guess what it means to me is that it, it tells me who I am deep down and that's something i'm really thankful for married children means to me a evolution of the sitcom a complete changing of the guard uh we we moved into like happy-go-lucky stuff into like real real world poor and like real world struggle and and some of it was like more fantastical and as it goes, but it it shows that we can do something better than just, you know, happy-go-lucky Cosby dad. Married with Children, and if you've listened to me on the show, then I'm sure you already know this, but Married with Children was always important to me because it was a show that I shared with my mother. She was a fan of the show first, and she introduced me to it, and then we would watch it together, and... I just, I like having those memories. What does marriage with children mean to me? Oh boy. That is a big question. And I don't think it's one I can succinctly answer in the time we have available today. There once was a show called MWC. It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen on TV. Across all 11 seasons, there are too many reasons why Married with Children means so much to me. To find the answer, we must hearken back to earlier times. You see, kids, while the cave woman sat around getting fat, smoking and watching the Phil Jamin show, the cave man braved the elements, risking life and limb amidst prehistoric beasts. In 1492, Columbus brought Married with Children to America, and the women still did nothing. And that's what Married with Children means to me. All kidding aside, this is uh, what Married with Children really means to me. And I remember in 1987, I'm starting my junior year in college, and I had these roommates, Jack, and uh, my other one was George. And anyway, Jack was excited about this new TV show that he had stumbled across. And he saw the repeats and he was telling us, it's like the new Archie Bunker or the new All in the Family. And so I was curious and it was available in the city where I went to college, Norman, Oklahoma, went to the University of Oklahoma. And so my first episode was the Poppies by the Tree two-parter episode, or it might've been one part at that point, I don't remember, but I was hooked immediately. I thought it was hilarious. I just loved the dynamic of Al and Peg and the kids. And as I got to know um, Steve and Marcy better, I became a big fan of Steve because of a similar name we have. 
but it was a staple in my life all through college. I went through, I remember the uh, Her Cup Runneth Over episode, and one of my friends, you know, we were all, you know, religious people, and he thought, uh, you know, I may have to take that out of my life because that one got a little bit too raunchy. And I admit it was raunchy. And then I remember the controversy and I knew what was going to happen. It would backfire uh, because when you protest something, people are going to know about it. About that same time, there was a controversial movie called The Last Temptation of Christ. And a bunch of religious people went out to protest it. And they didn't realize that they were making more people want to go see it. That's the problem. Wasp was a heavy metal group back in the mid-1980s. They were about to lose their record contract. Well, once they got on the PMRC resource list in the 80s, album sales quadrupled and they got another record contract. So you see the protesting usually does not help. On top of that, when I finally saw The Last Temptation of Christ, I thought this was what they were all upset about. It wasn't anything earth-shattering. In fact, I thought it was a very weak movie overall. But back to Married with Children, you know, the the protest that Ricolta started, that had the opposite effect. It catapulted it. And so people were demanding it. And I just um, thought that was ironic and hilarious at the same time. So now more people were watching it, and I still enjoyed it. It was a weekly staple. After I graduated, I uh, worked on an ambulance service part-time, and I uh, worked at a newspaper reporter full-time. And I loved to watch that show. And it was about in 19, yeah, 1991, I decided to uh, pursue a career in, I guess, or in ministry, what we call the pastoral ministry in chaplaincy. And I still watched it. I still got a kick out of it. Some of my friends in seminary didn't care for that too much. Some would actually join me and watch it. We all got a kick out of it. We thought it was funny. And that's what we wanted to be. We wanted to be entertained. And I mentioned to you guys that, uh, yes, I was married and I was married for about eight years and we got married in 1990, <clears throat> excuse me, 1993. And my wife hated the show. She thought it was terrible. Uh, she watched Roseanne though. So I had a reminder, look, you know, Roseanne doesn't promote anything healthy in the family or anything like that either. I do remember. And I showed her this article in one of my youth ministry magazines. They did a survey of uh, teenagers asking them, what is the family you relate to the most? The number one and two answers were the Connors from Roseanne and the Bundys from Married with Children. That's what most people are growing up in. They're not growing up with the Cosbys. They are not growing up with Mike and Carol Brady. But moving along, I respect my wife, so I didn't watch it that much from about 93, 94 on. Uh, I caught some here and there. And when she was out with the girls or spending time with her parents or something like that, or when I was in hot trouble or something. <laughs> so I got little bits and pieces, and I noticed how it moved away from being grounded. 
And a lot of you know that, uh, yes, uh, Robin, my wife, she died. She had cancer. And that was a very hard part to get through. And once she died in 2000, uh, you know, I was devastated. I moved back to um, Tulsa, where I'm from. I wanted to be closer to family. I also had, uh, I guess you could say, a crisis of faith. And during that time, when I moved back to Tulsa, FX started to show Mary with Children reruns. I started watching them. I forgot how funny they were. <clears throat> and this was a good thing. Because it helped me laugh. It helped me, you know, laugh during a very depressing time in life. Uh, I tried to move into education, and it was very frustrating because you have to jump through a bunch of hoops. On top of that, uh, I did work for an ambulance service part-time. And when you work for them, it gets really depressing. It's not just transfers. When you respond to things like uh, suicides and car wrecks and you know, shootings or stabbings, it eats at you after a while. And when I got home, I didn't have anyone to talk to. But I could turn on Mary with children. Then, like I said, it was difficult to switch over to education. I got a job, budget cuts hit. I wasn't rehired the next year. I got another job. Budget cuts hit, and I was let go in the middle of the year. So this was depressing me. I did not want to go back to being on the ambulance because that was just adding to the depression I had. But I could still watch Married with Children. Now, I'm not just going to credit that. I did have some good friends. I had some family that were very supportive and very helpful. But Married with Children was the oasis in that desert at that time of my life. So that's what Mary with Children truly means to me. It helped me get through that, that part in life. In a nutshell, laughter. Laughter on a day that's sad, when feels like the world is crashing down on you, everything is going wrong. And you could sit back for 30 minutes and just laugh and forget about everything. And for me, that's what the show has meant since 1987. And amazingly, after all these years, I can still sit there and laugh. Oh, blimey. Where do I begin? Married with children means a lot to me, as those who've listened to the podcast in the past know. For those who don't know, or have forgotten, here's what married with children means to me. The year was 2007, and I was 16. I was very disillusioned with TV, having lost interest in the new adventures of Doctor Who, watching the new episodes of South Park just for the sake of it and because I could, and nothing else on TV interested me much, if at all. It also didn't help that I hadn't yet upgraded to an Xbox 360, but that's for another podcast. Flash forward to June of that year, the 27th of that month, and I'm at my grandparents' house for my grandfather's 70th birthday. After dinner, my dad and granddad try to get a computer sound working, and after a few minutes, I leave them to their own devices. I join my grandma in the living room and ask her if I can have the remote. She lets me have it, and I channel surf their cable connection, 
until I picked Mary the Children based on its name just before it started at 8 o'clock that night. I tuned in right at the start of the Buckingham Fountain. At around 15 minutes in, my dad and granddad joined us, wondering why there was so much laughter from the living room. I had found a new favourite show, and my faith in TV was restored. I would go through the entire series over the next year, sometimes fighting with my mum over watching it, as at times it came on at the same time as one of her favourites, Bargain Hunt and or Antiques Roadshow did. And sadly, I can't remember which episode I watched first, but I just remember it was late in season three, just before the computer show. I think it was, this was the house that Peg lost, but I don't remember 100%, sadly. I remember a lot of other things around that night, but not the first episode, sadly. So in a nutshell, Married to Children means a lot to me, as it helped to reignite my faith in TV, it showed me humour I'd never seen before in my life at that point in time, and most importantly, it was also the first TV show I was a fan of that wasn't A, something that was popular at the time, or B, something I got into to try and climb the ladder in my friend group in high school. So, basically, not trying to be cool and not trying to clutch onto a trend, wider trend. It was something I liked, and I didn't care what anyone else thought. Some of my friends at the time, especially when I was 16, 17, was watching it the first time around, said to me, Oh, man, that show's old. That show sucks. Uh, well, in the years um, since, I've made many a friend who uh, likes the show, uh, many a fellow fan, uh, both in person and online. I'll get to the online friends of that side a bit later. Well, the short answer to that is that it's my go-to show. And I'll tell you, that perspective changes over time and how you and as you age. You know, I think most people by now probably know that I found Married with Children for the first time when I was in elementary school. Um, way too young to be watching, frankly. I was probably about seven or eight years old at the time. But looking back and reflecting, obviously, I'm glad I, I was allowed to watch it. As a young kid, I didn't understand most, if not all, of the adult jokes. But there was enough uh, uh, funniness and goofiness and cart cartoonish uh, humor that even a seven or eight-year-old could enjoy. Uh, for example, Al, Jefferson, and Griff knocking each other off the house when they're uh, trying to put a satellite on the roof, or Al taking his socks off and or Al taking his shoes off and putting his feet in the water and killing fish. Things like that to a seven or eight-year-old is funny. Uh, you know, and then as I aged and, and grew into my teen years, I started to identify with Bud more. You know, as I started dating and things like that, you know, I think everybody knows one of my favorite episodes is Naughty But Nice. Uh, you know, I think every, probably every teenage boy on earth has had that fantasy at some point in their life where they're sitting at home and a hot chick like Amber just crawls into their bedroom. <laughs> so you look at the show differently as you age and, and now, um, as an adult, obviously, I, I get all the jokes, all the adult humor and things like that. So I look at everything completely different. And as I age, you know, I find myself identifying more with Al. So, you know, uh, I can look back on that and reflect reflect on it. Uh, you know, it's, it's always my go-to show, whether I'm looking for a good laugh or if I had a had a rough day at work and I want to sit back, relax and get my mind off everything and just turn my brain off and enjoy the spectacle. 
Married with Children is, is always my go-to show. I believe it means a complete change in how we view sitcoms. How the idea that we're all looking for the same type of thing, wholesomeness or ideal, um, like wholesome, idealist, I don't know the right words to say it, but basically the fact that a show that subverts all expectations took off so well just proves that people want edginess and even something that's so formulaic like a sitcom. Question two, what will you remember most about making this podcast? On a personal level, the last three years have been a massive roller coaster. When I got the call from Luigi back in July of that weird year known as 2020 about finishing the last four seasons of the Married with Children podcast, I was ecstatic, especially as various things I wanted to do were still some time away. Given the restrictions where I live, I was keen to shake up my spare time. And also, anyone who knows me, especially those who know me very well, knows I'm the sort of man who loves to finish what he starts. Or in this case, finish what someone else started, as um, Luigi and others were. But given that the first seven seasons had been done, the last four yet to be reviewed. So naturally, I was all, I get to be a part of this. I get to finish the podcast of my favourite show. Awesome! And it was just, as I was just talking about just then, my time on the podcast has also been a nice consistency in a time in my life where I've gone through a lot of life changes. For myself, in my friend groups, in my family... And also the normal things you often go through as you enter your 30s. I'll talk more about the people I worked with in the next question, but I will cherish the bonds I've made for a long time to come. I'll also remember learning a lot about how audio editing works, and how to use Audacity properly, i.e. not just playing songs sped up like the Elven and the Chipmunks. Also, watching episodes of my favourite show and taking notes whilst watching them, analysing the show from a critical perspective, from a media class perspective. Okay, what camera angles are they using? I don't know if they've done this set design. They're using this sort of uh, angle. They're going for this um, here. They've written it like this. Uh, basic, high, Even just basic high school media class analysis, as I was saying. Uh, Whipping out editing the episodes to meet story strict deadlines. That's another thing I'll fondly remember. I'll, sometimes I was all, okay, Matt, you got to do season 11, episode 4 this week. Get on it. The people need their show. So I'll often sit myself down and bang out episodes, sometimes even like two, two or three nights. And another memory I always remember is on the day my best friend passed away in November of 2020, I ended that day by recording with Annabelle driving Mr. Boondy, season 9, episode 2. This explains why my voice doesn't sound its usual self on that episode. Well, to be honest with you, I think the thing I'll remember the most will be just being a part of the fandom. I've met people from all over the country and all over the world while doing this podcast. And the coolest thing about it, really, is that we all know the show so well. I could go to the, the Facebook group right now and type... I want a balloon. <laughs> and someone right off the bat is going to respond with, you've already got one. <laughs> so no matter what, uh, no matter what the situation in real life, I can make a married with children reference 
and someone from the podcast is, is going to understand the reference. And I'm so thankful that Alex, our founder, founded this podcast. I uh, somehow managed to not find it on uh, YouTube until uh, the very beginning of season six, but I'm so glad that uh, I was able to find it and uh, learn so much about Married with Children and uh, meet so many fans from around the world. The thing I'll remember most about making this podcast is just the time that I got to spend with my co-hosts, Dan and Alex. We had already worked together for years on The Skeleton Crew, which was a horror podcast, which I'm sure you've heard mentioned here before. But when that show ended, you know, I missed the guys. And so when Alex, who was already doing the Married with Children podcast, obviously, asked me to join, I jumped at the chance. And then when I found out Dan was going to be along for the ride, I couldn't have been happier. That was such a wonderful time. The amount of work that's involved, you know, Alex produced 158 episodes on his own. And I probably did about a third or so of the remaining 101 plus the interviews. And, you know, to try to put out a quality podcast, it was a lot of work. But it was all worth it. And, you know, all those nights that I spent trying to make sure that this sounded perfect or this joke was inserted, or this comment had been made, um, I think I can look back and say that I'm very proud of the work that was done by myself and the rest of the team. It's got to be all the amazing people that I've met. I started as a listener. I was very excited to get likes in the Facebook page by all the cool people even people I eventually would be recording with. And then I was shocked when the creators, such as Alex and Jerry, even liked some of my stuff. Dan and Jamie and other people who were involved and adjacent to the podcast were liking it. And then eventually I got to not just be a fan, but be a helper. And then part of the creation of it. And it's just one of the best experiences of my life. I can honestly say that. Well, I suppose the gut reaction is to say the interview with Michael Moyer, because nothing much is really going to top that, and that was truly an honour. But that is a gut reaction. But most of all, I like, I think it's the camaraderie of this group that we have assembled. Everybody has the same goal and the same intention in mind. I can only speak from experience from the six of us who took it over in season eight. And I think that's especially true with Luigi, who is our editor-in-chief, our chief producer, chief uploader. You know, we're doing something that we love to do, and we're doing it well. Easily, that's going to be working with Alex and JP. This was, like, this is where my uh, podcasting researching like talents really showed up like researching everything for every episode was fantastic. And obviously the researchers that came in later blew me out of the water, but it was super fun to like dig into episodes and like research to try to figure out stuff and like surprise Alex with it. 
or even uh, coming up. Well, one of the funnest parts was just seeing who on each episode would come up with something that would blow like one of the other's minds. It was such a fun time. Oh, man. Well, I think my answer is going to be uh, <laughs> a lot different than most people. So, uh, yeah, making it literally um, every single week, high production show, scrambling to get uh, everybody on board schedule wise and then taking extensive notes and then cutting up all the clips, making it all sync, making it all flow. But, you know, that's the labor of it. But the thing that I'll remember most is how happy I was with the finished product and what everybody brought to the table. I loved what Jerry brought to the show. I loved what JP brought to the show, how he didn't know anything. And he like took that new guy's journey. And I'm glad we have that in here. You know, it, it's, that's a, a rare thing, especially for people doing a podcast of something so niche, you would think that everybody would know all about it, but it's cool to hear. You always want to like kind of brag about the show and show it to the world well, you got to see one guy's instant reaction. And I love what Dan and Jamie brought to the podcast, the energy, the enthusiasm, Jamie knowing everything from back in the day, but not obsessed like us. Dan being the middle ground guy, he watched it, but wasn't obsessed. And he just had such a great time taking this journey and going so in depth on it. And it's definitely a unique perspective, once again, to go so in depth on something you weren't obsessed with growing up. Learning to create something new and learning to do new things. You might have noticed if you've listened to mine, uh, Tyler and I, we did share producing, although I really took over quite a bit. He was so busy with his job and I could tell he was frustrated and trying to learn how to do some of that stuff. So I volunteered, hey, I'll, I'll take this one and I'll take this one. I took on some more. And I liked, uh, you learn a new skill and then you learn how to add to it. And that was the fun part. Adding the little clips from the past. And one year I decided, hey, I ought to do the Wayne's World when they do the scene change. Do, 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 you know, that stuff. I started to do the callbacks, I think. And I might have been one of the first ones to do that when I was uh, producing them and putting in the little things. Learned a lot from Luigi. He was showing how to, uh, put in some stuff uh, underneath the tracks, like some music or insert a commercial and finding that stuff. I thought uh, it was really cool when Stefan came along and it, I think it catapulted us because now we, he, Tyler and I became a, a, a trio and I think we worked uh, well together. We played off each other real well. So I, I like that dynamic that we have. Uh, Tyler's fun to work with. Question three. What was it like for you to work with people from around the country and around the world? Uh, tough. <laughs> I love every single one of them from the bottom of my heart, but man, oh man, it was a little confusing. Even when me and my co-host Steven would, even I think we only had like an hour of time between us, and it would mess up recording sometimes. It, completely different. I mean, at, like, completely different from like recording with someone in the same room then when you add poor annabelle and matt on the other side of the planet it was either a very late recording or a very early recording for half the recorders it was a grueling task for you know any of us 
but man, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade any of the frustration or early mornings or super late nights for any of the time that we had. It was amazing. Fantastic. Absolutely amazing. It's so cool to speak with people from different parts of the world, usually America, but even in America, you know, you're dealing with many different time zones. And then you come to Australia and we've got several time zones again. And so it's it's a challenge sometimes to sync everybody up, but it was a challenge that I think 99% of the time worked out. We could always make it work and especially... You know, people make sacrifices. Some people on the other side of the world wake up early. Occasionally, I would wake up super early. And I, so I've certainly burned the midnight oil a few times. Is it a reference to an Australian band for you? But it's great to talk with people from all works of life anyway. And you just, you just get a bit of insight and a nice collection of accents. You know, I always thought I was a huge Married with Children fan. And this was a great outlet for me to meet other people from around the world. Uh, particularly Annabelle, uh, more so than anyone, just because uh, I've been following her content for decades at this point. So it was a real treat and thrill for me to be able to work with her. But with everyone else, uh, you know, Alex, uh, who actually works very close to me, and we've been able to hang out in person, uh, to my co-host Chris, uh, to Stephen in Oklahoma and Tyler in Michigan, and uh, being able to talk to Jerry uh, Dan and Jamie, I mean, it was one hell of a journey. And as well as having some friends on, again, some of my high school friends, a high school teacher, you know, it was a real journey in my life and a journey of laughter through my life. So um, it was definitely uh, an experience. And it was an experience in particular, hearing people's perspectives, you know, people who are older than myself, younger than myself, you know, people like Carolyn, who a real knowledgeable and very insightful fan, so super fan. So that was wonderful. I have been doing that, I guess, since I started podcasting back in 2011. Uh, it wasn't around the world. It was only from Jersey to Pennsylvania. But then, you know, as we kept going and I got my horror podcast, the Skeleton Crew moving, uh, then you started interviewing people. It's... uh it's pretty interesting. It's it's amazing. You know, people think the internet ruins society and all that good stuff with the phones or whatever. But, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I think uh, things are a lot better because of it. I mean, I have friends I never would have had before. I talked to people I never would have spoke to. I interviewed people that I never would have been in any other situation to do it. Um, and then getting to know people like Annabelle and all the all the new guys, the Australian team. Uh, you know, Steven Scott, Luigi, even though he's a stone's throw away too. But, you know, it's it's a unique thing and it's I guess it's become a part of our culture. So it wasn't exactly the most surprising aspect of the show, but it was uh, great nonetheless. This was one of my favorite parts of being a part of this podcast. Uh, you know, if you look at a map and look at a globe, we have like pretty much the whole uh, – pretty much all planet earth covered <laughs> we have north south east and west in the u.s covered australia of course uh, various parts of europe it's a lot of fun hearing uh hearing from uh different parts of the fandom from different parts of the world you know because everyone interprets things differently and it's fun to hear different people's perspective you know 
Uh, it's always fun listening to Annabelle and Matt from Australia. And then, uh, you know, we have um, Tyler from up north. And if I remember correctly, I think Jamie and Dan were from up somewhere up north as well. Uh, of course, uh, Stephen and myself have the south covered and Alex and uh, Luigi are up in the northeast. So it's uh, it's always fun hearing people's different different perspectives on some of the jokes and different perspectives on life in general. And that's really been one of the things that I've enjoyed the most, I think. I'll start with my fellow Australians first. I already knew Annabelle, having become an online friend back in 2017, and converting that to an in-person friendship in 2019, when I met up with her and her hus now husband, William, for All You Can Eat Pizza Hut in her city of Adelaide. Glad I did in those pre-COVID days. Uh, that establishment shut down last year in 2022, as a matter of fact, so that's a memory I'll always remember. Got to relive her childhood and all, all that as well. Anyway, so the podcast, this got me actually even closer to her, and these days I consider her one of my best friends. Going to a wedding in 2021 and becoming closer to her during a time when border closures were in effect between different states of Australia back in 2020 and 2021. And then there's also Chris Nonis, the biggest fan of Victoria, and Steve Owen, the biggest fan in New South Wales. Having, have, they've also been great to work with, and there are two more people that I need to catch up with and meet up with next time I'm in their respective states. It's also been great to talk to about other things too. I mean, the other TV shows we like, uh, other media we like, and even just what we've been up to in general in our lives. Like, you know, I've got a friend's wedding this weekend, I've got a friend's uh, 30th this weekend, and so on and so forth. Even just that level. Also, I just want to put out there, if you're the biggest fan of Married of Children in Queensland, the Northern Territory, the Australian Capital Territory, or Tasmania, please, please let us know. Because obviously, as I mentioned, Chris is the biggest fan in Victoria, and Steve's the biggest fan in New South Wales. I'm the biggest fan in Western Australia, and Annabelle's the biggest fan in South Australia and the world. So, if you're in th those two states and those two territories, please let us know. Now, for the Americans. I've long known more about the United States than the average Australian, largely from having an American in my school classes and in my friend groups between year two what us Australians call second grade, he moved to my city of Perth from Hawaii that year, and right to the end of, very end of high school. And also my year three teacher, being from Canada, came to know more about the land of the free than the average Aussie from a young age. But knowing is not the same as visiting, let alone living, and it's been great to connect to Americans from all over the United States, from Alyssa in California, Carl in Arizona, Chris in Texas, Steve in Oklahoma, Stefan in Minnesota, Tyler in Michigan, Luigi in New Jersey, and Carolyn in New York. Apologies if I missed anyone or got any of the states wrong. Each co-host, irrespective of where they're from, brings their own personality, their own view of the show, and their own perspective on life in general. It's also great to check out what else they're into. Chris and his love of video games and true crime. Stefan's a fellow fan of South Park like I am. Luigi loves all in the family like I do. Just to name three of many examples. When I do get to the United States, it's been on my to-do list since I was young. I'll make sure I meet up with you as many of you as possible when I do get over. And that's my promise. I'm glad I got to meet Tyler. I'm glad I got to meet Chris face to face. 
a few years ago, I took a vacation. I met Tyler. I want to make a point to do that. I hope in the summer I might be able to get up to New York and uh, go over to Jersey and visit with Alex and uh, Luigi and meet them face to face. And that's what I like. I like meeting new people from all over the country. And, you know, Chris and I are brought from the same culture in uh, southern United States when you have uh, Oklahoma and Texas so close together. I thought it was really fun to learn about Australian culture from um, Matt and Annabelle. So, yeah, I just love meeting with new people. And I find it amazing that this TV show brought us all together. We were all fans of the show, fans of the podcast, and that just blossomed out. So I really enjoyed that part. I've podcasted a lot on a lot of different shows. I still do. And one of the best things about it is working with people from different cultures, from different time zones. It can be challenging at times, particularly the time zones, but it's always rewarding. And because of that, I have made some incredible friends. So originally it was just us three and we were all in the United States. But as the researchers came in, now we had people that were in like Australia helping us out. And then like once they took over the show, it really became like worldwide and showed you like the scope of Married with Children fandom. And I think that's just absolutely beautiful. And I loved working with them. Question four. What do you want people to remember about this podcast? We entertained you and analyzed things and help you enjoy the show even more. You know, doing the podcast made me enjoy certain episodes even more. And some made me appreciate them less. The England show comes to mind. The trilogy. A fun dedication to a amazing show that was ahead of its time. I want you to remember all of the hosts, like, love and admiration for the show. And I want you to remember that that a podcast can be made about anything if you have the passion for it. Like, there was no Married with Children podcast before Alex decided there should be a Married with Children podcast. So, like, and all, of all the researchers, they weren't podcasters before taking over the show. If you have a, a love of something and you want to do a podcast about it, Married with Children podcast shows that you absolutely can do it. I want people to remember that no matter how obscure you think what you're into is no matter how unpopular or how little of audience you think what you're into is don't underestimate the power of fan base i mean alex saw that there was no podcast for Mary with children and he went for it. And now we've got a Facebook group page of fans, several thousand in number and the podcast would not end because a bunch of us got together and demanded to keep going and we did it. So that's what I want people to remember about the podcast, that it represents a collaborative art from people all around the country and the world. You can't stress how amazing that is. The amount of love and dedication and work and time 
that has gone into it. I can't stress that enough. We've picked up the template, the format, the dedication from Alex. We wanted to do him proud. We wanted to respect him. We wanted to respect the show. We wanted to keep it going and do the best job we possibly could. This is very much a passion project. There's, we're not getting anything out of this other than a job well done, as cliched as that sounds. But proof is in the pudding. We produce it with care, with love, and we've been rewarded in other ways because we've gotten to talk to people we wouldn't normally get to talk to. Definitely when you look back on it, I hope you look back on it fondly as a fun experience. I never wanted to take it too seriously. Uh, I definitely did my research and then I got a research team together and it only got more in depth at that point. But um, it was never about that. You know, if you want to learn something, you could always just go to IMDB or any of the great Mario Children websites like Annabelle's or, or many others and and learn that type of stuff but it's always good to pepper that in the podcast but the thing I always wanted to bring is that kind of aspect where you relive the show in your mind and I wanted to kind of take I wanted you to take that journey again with us and look at it in a different way and and kind of appreciate humor that you might have actually missed or that you don't ponder too much, or think of writing that you don't ponder too much. It just kind of goes by in the blink of an eye when you're watching a show. And then we got to like slow it down to a, a crawl and really take a good look at this. And that's that's the thing I'm happy about most, I'd say, that we did that. So when you look back and remember it, just think of the fun you had and the excitement you had when a new show popped out and... How you were like, oh, good, now we're getting to this one. Wow, the supermarket one. Wow, the beach one. Wow, this, that, the other thing. Like, oh, man, season seven. I can't wait to hear this. Like, just think about those things and how fun it was to to the anticipation and getting into it again. I would like people to remember that between all the teams, over the six years the podcast was on, we covered every single episode from start to finish and also did one-off shows. We also did season wrap-up shows. And this is important because some podcasts that of similar natures that also cover TV shows, I know there's at least a Frasier podcast out there, I haven't checked it out yet, but I know some podcasts of this nature sadly don't make it that far. They'll get to a certain point and then never return for whatever reason. But we were determined to leave no stone untouched, especially after end of season seven, when there were four seasons left to the show. I mean, this is important to me because when season seven was going, we had the first lockdown of COVID, and those some of those season seven episodes I look forward to each week even more because it gave me something to look forward to, to listen to while I couldn't have friends over or couldn't um, go anywhere that wasn't for a walk in my neighbourhood or to work. And we also don't skimp around on the details. We use our own notes, the show notes, online resources, and obviously um, the episodes themselves. And I'd like to remember for covering the, 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 the music used, reviewing the guest stars and recurring characters, references to previous episodes, for, for see, um, things that came around in future episodes, not not, not sort of spoiling, references to other media, references to brands, along with the episode review in itself. And I like to be referred personally as continuing Jamie's tradition of curing the currency inflation. 
I also had the bonus of not just inflating it to, to modern dollars, but also converting it to dollar redos, as I like to call Australian dollars in this show, a reference to, of course, $900 redos. Tobias, what have you been calling the US for? On, the, of course, the infamous Bart versus Australia episode of The Simpsons, which, for the record, I loved. Oh, and I've almost forgot our unique ratings of rating each episode. How many of this out of five? And we thought of one for every single of the 259 episodes. I would say that this was a fan attempt to look at an entire series. And it was one hell of a series at 259 episodes. And and I think Tyler had said this on one podcast. It's one of those things where a lot of shows probably would have given up after about five seasons. But we were the little podcast that could. And the fact that every single show has been reviewed, we were able to interview a few key people on the show, is just amazing to me. But I just want people to remember that we put a lot of heart into this show. And we hope you enjoyed listening. Question five. Did you learn anything or gain an insight about the show that you never knew or contemplated before you started listening to or co-host this podcast? The answer is absolutely. <laughs> I, I kind of don't even know where to start on this one because I've learned so much. You know, I'll tell you, I, um, I really thought I knew Married with Children before I found this podcast, but I only knew just a small fraction of it. It's been so fun. You know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that Alex founded this podcast and uh, he had the idea of going through each episode and analyzing it. Every joke, every reference, every actor, every actress, you know, every guest star. And not only do we go over every every joke and, and the background of every reference, but we also go through every character and guest star that appears in the series. We talk about you know, how they got their start in acting, what they did before, during, and after Married with Children. And that's been a lot of fun, you know, and, and all of our co-hosts and guest co-hosts and all of our listeners have, have been able to provide insight on it. You know, we've we've got some people in the group that, that actually attended tapings. So they've given us some, some in-person perspectives. That's been a lot of fun, uh, you know, and, and all of our co-hosts have contributed something. You know, that's that's been a lot of fun as well. And, uh, you know, Annabelle, you know, we call the, you know, or I, I guess uh, we call her the walking library or the uh, human encyclopedia of Mary with Children knowledge. You know, we're so thankful that, uh, for everything that she's contributed to the fandom over the years. Back when I was a kid, when we, we, we very first got the Internet in the late 1990s, one of the first things I ever did is I went on. I guess it wasn't Google, whatever the whatever the search engine was as, the, as at the time, and started searching out uh, married with children information. And uh, <laughs> one of the first things I came across was a message board that Annabelle was on. Uh, God, I can't remember the name of it. I, I don't think it was Bundyology. I'm not sure if she was a part of that one. But at any rate, I found one of the message boards that she was on, and I was reading stuff by Annabelle at that time. <laughs> you know, of course... I, I didn't know who Annabelle was at the time. This was 25 years ago, but I was reading uh, stuff that she contributed 
to Married with Children fandom, you know, and we're all so thankful to everything that she's contributed to um, the fan base over the years. And I could say the same thing, you know, to, you know, to Alex for founding this podcast and Luigi, Steven, Tyler, Dan, Jamie, JP, Jerry, everyone that's uh, contributed, uh, everyone that's been a part of it, Matt, um, it's, it's been a lot of fun learning, uh, so much about Mary with Children, the background, uh, you know, and, and, um, all of our guest interviews with, uh, Michael Moy and Jennifer Lyons, uh, Juliet Tablack and so many others we've learned. I've learned so much about the show and it's been, um, a lot of fun and something I'll cherish for a long time. Oh, I learned a lot. Like whether it was our own research while we were doing the show and like pointing out goofs and like going, oh, this person was in this episode, but they also show up two seasons later. Stuff like that was really fun. But also listening to the like international host was really fun because then you got to kind of see it from like their part of the world. But also like some of the interviews that they landed were amazing. Like I loved my own interview that I got to do with Amanda Beers, but like some of the interviews I got to do were amazing I learned how to really break down a sitcom a show doing this podcast and like I before I'd only previous like I know how to break down a movie but how do you break down a sitcom how do you break down a continuously running show that in itself was a learning experience I think that this is one of those for myself as a super fan, this was an experience because I think every single one of us had a different perspective on the show. Uh, we focused on different things like uh, Annabelle, for example, paid attention to what people were wearing in wardrobe more so than I ever did. You know, I never really contemplated or thought about some of the guest stars on the show and maybe their tie in to other things that the main cast worked on or other work that they did afterwards or before. So this is really, I'd say, like a 365-degree view of the show from both the perspective of comedy as well as, you know, some of the technical things about putting together a television show. It was a thrill to me to be able to speak with Larry Jacobson for a little bit, one of the show's writers, and trying to get a little bit into his head. So, you know, I think we looked at every single aspect of the show from – you know, the lighting to the dog trainer to the makeup artists. So we hope everyone appreciated that. Uh, yeah, definitely like the producers and all that, like Stacy Lip and the writers and all these types of things. Um, I knew about the whole uh, that chick who wrote the letter and wanted to shut the show down. Um, I forgot her name, but uh, like I knew about all that stuff and but it was just something you heard about as a kid. You didn't really put much thought into it. I gained a lot of insight trivia wise thing, you know, like, uh, Luigi always says, like you always kind of write a TV show based on what you grew up with. So we got a lot of like, you know, the flavors of the guys who wrote the show, like what they liked in the sixties and seventies and stuff like that. And how it, they brought it to life here. I got a lot of insight on, the acting, I got insight on the interviews that everybody did, which uh, was one of my favorite aspects. Definitely the Marcia one being the first interview, but I think they all kind of hold up 
as entertainment value together. But me personally, uh, the Marcy one was the big one. And then Michael Moyet. I mean, you couldn't get more insight than that. Hopefully we asked all the right questions and you guys liked all those answers. And that uh, gave you insight as well. Really, the most of that would come from having the input of varying degrees of fans of married with children, which is why I loved the dynamic of the show because Alex of course was a huge fan, such a huge fan that he started this podcast and I had grown up with the show. I loved it as well. And Dan was fairly new. I mean, he had seen some over the years, of course, but for the most part, he wasn't familiar with it. So it was always interesting to get his point of view. And sometimes it did make me notice that the show took things a lot more seriously than I ever realized when I was growing up and I would just watch them on repeat. It never sank into me, or I, I guess I just didn't think about it as hard back then being so young. And Watching them now and watching them in order to talk about them opens up the fact that they really touched on a lot of issues that you might not necessarily think about unless you, you know, put thought into it. So I learned a lot from listening to and conducting the interviews we've done about behind the scenes of Married to Children, what it was like for not just the cast, but the um, creator, Michael G. Moyer, to work on the show. About them as people, you know, about because obviously there's more to the people than just them playing a role in a show or being, in the case of Moyer's case, being a creator. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're people like us, so they've got their own lives, you know. And also, what else they've done in their careers? Plenty of insight there. As to myself on the podcast, I first started becoming a listener. I first became a listener in late 2017. While season three, which I consider to be the first great season of the show, one and two are still legendary and good, but three for me was the start of the great stuff. So that was the start of it. So I was still living at home at the time, so I would often time my listening. So when I was playing video games, have them on the background, especially when I was catching up the first two and a half seasons, and once I was caught up, I would time my listening. So I would do it when I was home alone and doing my chores in particular, like doing my washing. And it would also um, often play episodes when I was driving to visit my friends in a town called Mandra, which is over an hour south of where I live, to visit my good friends down there. I go down there a few times a year, and it's always good to see my mates down there. And also, they're also good for the drive home, the podcasts. After I moved out, the podcast became my soundtrack to, especially even more so, to me doing my household chores. So you, I'd fill the house there's no one else to live with so you don't have to worry about having a certain volume unless it gets annoyed the neighbors loud which is not me and it happened in the background you know while i was cooking washing cleaning you name it Make, makes the chores go by like that i'd also enjoy especially before i came a co-host commenting on my thoughts in that week's episode of the podcast you know saying what i thought of the host what whoever hosted that week, you know, saying what I thought. Sometimes I'd even send in an audio clip of my own. Uh, namely, for how I literally almost choked to death when I was watching You You Better Shop Around. Well, my, my second viewing, this back in, well, I think it was my third viewing by that time in 2015. I'm not kidding. I was eating cereal, and I had to actually literally pause the episode and save myself. I'm not kidding. And I was home alone, so... 
if things have gone a different way, my dad could have come home to be dead on the sofa watching Married to Children. Well, at least I would have gone doing something I liked. <laughs> I'm not sure, to be honest. Having seen Married to Children a lot over and over again, there's a lot I've gleamed, there's a lot I've committed to memory, there's a lot I've researched on my own time before the podcast was just a gleam in the eye. So if I have gained any insights about the show, again, it's from those interviews with those people who were there. But that being said, I like hearing from other fans and when they put together a cohesive or a, a sound argument about why they like the show, a fresh perspective or you know, a, a new fan, a relatively new fan who hasn't seen the show as many times and they'll ask me something that might catch me off guard. They might ask for my opinion or occasionally there's been a couple of moments in the podcast where the relatively new fans have found something funny that I previously have found to be lame or or vice versa, something I find quite amusing, you know, perhaps the others didn't like and it's always interesting to get that different opinion. But it's an opinion. It's not like, oh, this sucks, this is great. There's reason behind it. You know, if something doesn't work, why? And I think we've done that on this podcast. I think all the hosts over the over the years of this podcast have done that. Oh, absolutely. Just from the interviews alone, I've learned so much about how things were on and off the set. I've learned how challenging the lives were for each of the actors who played these roles and became so iconic and helped to establish a f- actual network of television. I mean, just Ed O'Neill and Christina Applegate alone have incredible stories. Katie Seagal, completely amazing. Even Dave Faustino, he's got tons of uh, awesome stuff under his belt. It's a wonderful, wonderful place to begin your (laughs) sitcom watching of this time period. Yes, I took some lessons from it. Uh, It was back in the 2000s when I was watching it on FX, and this one spoke to me, you know, because it kind of reflected the stuff time I was going through. I remember Al in He Thought He Could and the librarian, Mr. Groot, who just chastises him for not returning the book and not being uh, someone who fulfills their promise. And, uh, and then Al gives his speech, that wonderful speech. So you think I'm a loser? Just because I have a stinking job that I hate, a family that doesn't respect me, a whole city that curses the day I was born? Well, that may mean loser to you, but let me tell you something. Every morning when I wake up, I know it's not going to get any better until I go back to sleep again. So I get up, have my watered-down tang and still frozen Pop-Tart, get in my car with no upholstery, no gas, and six more payments, to fight traffic just for the privilege of putting cheap shoes on the cloven hooves of people like you. I'll never play football like I thought I would. I'll never know the touch of a beautiful woman. And I'll never again know the joy of driving without a bag on my head. 
<laughs> but I'm not a loser. Because despite it all, me and every other guy who will never be what he wanted to be are still out there being what we don't want to be 40 hours a week for life. And the fact that I haven't put a gun in my mouth, you pudding of a woman, <laughs> makes me a winner. That really spoke to me. It really helped me to figure out I just need to continue on throughout all this frustration, through all this uh, pain that I've been going through. So that was one. Also, Kelly bounces back when she showed us the new Elantre. I think it was that one because that was when Peg went on strike. And Alex and uh, Dan and Jamie were talking about it. And Alex talked about Peggy's strike and how Al was just giddy. He was feeling relaxed because he knew he couldn't change Peg into the person he wanted. And you know that in your head. I knew that up in my head. But I think it finally transferred down into my heart, and I was able to give up some anger I had, uh, mostly over losing my wife. So that was a big insight and a big burden lifting off of me. So, yes, and I got that from Alex. So I wanted to thank you for that. Question six. What was your single greatest or most favorite moment from the podcast, if you have one? Well, I would say for myself, it was recording the Christmas episode and producing it. I was a guest with the Australians, and we had Steve Owen on that particular podcast. And I remember that we actually recorded that podcast in August. And what was interesting was I had to wake up at about 4.30 in the morning and drive to my home because I was not home at the time. Uh, to be prepared to podcast at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time uh, with the Australians. And that was one hell of a podcast in terms of content and producing it afterwards. Like I, uh, I think Annabelle had volunteered to do that one, but I was like, no, no. I was like, I, I do want to do this one. And, you know, from listening to Alex for 158 episodes uh, with both of his different crews, Hearing Dan Chase laugh about Bosco the Turtle, um, you know, I could just tell everyone had a good time. And I mean, again, from working with Chris, uh, working with um, uh, Team Aerosmith, Stephen and Tyler, Matt, it, it, this was just a great community project, I'll say. All right. So that would be when I got to be part of the interviewing team that interviewed Harold Sylvester a.k.a. Al's co-work colleague at the shoe store, Griff, his, his partner at the shoe store, Griff and fellow no member. That interview was legendary, I can tell you, but I almost missed it. The day before, I attended a friend's going-away do, which involved me staying at said going-away do until just short of 5am. I was up talking to said friend and her best friend. So, the sun was starting to come up. I then drove home, getting home at 6.15 in the morning, thinking, I need a rest. I had a big day. And I almost slept for the interview. Thankfully, Annabelle, you woke me up. And even though I was late, I got onto the interview. 
made it through, asked Mr. Sylvester himself some good questions, and then did basically nothing else the rest of that day. Mr. Sylvester delivered the goods, that's for sure. He's a legendary actor, a great person, and he played Griff to perfection and married of children. Thankfully, I learned a lesson from that episode and did not sleep through any of the interview with fellow no-mama Ed Bell. I made sure I was not up, to, not up talking to any friend of mine until 5am that morning. I learned my lesson, that's for sure. <laughs> so listeners, do not do not stay up all night with friends before interviewing a Married to Children cast member. <laughs> oh man, this is really hard because I have so many. First of all, let me start off by saying my single favorite thing about the podcast is that we were, were able to get so many guest interviews by people that were involved in the show. You know, Michael Moy, Juliet Tablack, Jennifer Lyons, E.E. E. Bell, uh, Lisa Picot, Rich Scheinder, Harold Sylvester, Amanda Bierce. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone. Uh, too, too many to name. You know, whenever I was a kid growing up in <laughs> small town Texas, I never imagined I'd be involved in bringing all these guest interviews in. Uh, I never, I never, never imagined I would be a part of a podcast to begin with. <laughs> I didn't even know what a podcast was, you know, 30 years ago. But I uh, never imagined I'd be a part of uh, Married with Children fandom that would bring in the the co-creator of Married with Children and bring in, you know, Amber and Ariel and Griff and and all these people to to interview and talk about their time with Married with Children. That's that's really been my single uh, favorite thing about the podcast. And uh, as far as you know, specific moments and quotes and goofs, there's a number of things over the years that that make me laugh. I, I remember something that Jamie said one time. <laughs> I always laugh. I forget the context, but they were talking about Sylvester Stallone, her and Alex, and she said that Sylvester Stallone now looks like someone wearing a Sylvester Stallone mask for Halloween. <laughs> that always makes me crack up. It's pretty funny. And there's something that Alex said once that, that just makes me laugh my butt off every time. He he was talking about George Foreman. <laughs> he, they were talking about whenever uh, Marcy had one of her uh, sex fantasies or sex monologues where she was talking about George Foreman and Mike Tyson and all this stuff. And Alex goes, who in the hell has fantasies about George Foreman? <laughs> and man, every time I hear that, I just laugh. It was so funny. But there's so many fun times from this podcast. But my single greatest thing that I'll always remember is being part of uh, the group that um, went through episode by episode, analyzed everything, uh, broke down everything, Talked about every joke and reference, uh, the things we love, the things we hate, uh, the good, the bad, the happy, and the sad, you might say. So that, along with uh, interviewing so many guest stars from uh, from the show, uh, you know, there's there's it, it's been so much fun, and it's something I'll cherish for a long time. One of my favorite episodes to produce. One was the the first one was the um, Dances with Wheezy. I had fun with that one. Mostly because, yes, the Jeffersons, that was a staple in my life. I knew Moye and uh, Levitt worked on that one. 
Also, on top of that, I love the sports people that were in there. Johnny Bench, you know, one of my favorite athletes as a kid growing up. I was a catcher when I played baseball, for example. So I was just thrilled to do that one. Another good one I really enjoyed doing was Dud Bowl Two when I got Mr. Wildcat to join us. That was a fun one to produce along with Chris. That was my first four-person I guess you can call it a podcast. And so that took a little bit more effort. I absolutely loved doing Get the Dodge Out of Hell with Jerry Herring. By the way, I really want to thank Jerry for uh, getting me into podcasting. That's how I first did it. Uh, They're offering patrons, you know, an opportunity to do a podcast with him over a single episode. And we did... The Razor's Edge when Steve grows a beer because I got to do a Steve one that he's always was my favorite of all the characters, even a little bit more so than Al. Oh, I also enjoyed The Ship Happens producing those two. I really like that uh, that two parter and season nine had some good ones. Oh, the Bud episodes, uh, the one Dial B for Virgin. And then we did the. Um, when Bud hits the books. And both of those had Miss Hardaway. I always got a kick out of her character. I'll say it again. I said it before. I wish they would have used her more because uh, Beverly Fletcher was just fantastic as Miss Hardaway and appropriately named, if you think about it. And of course, uh, when you get to when Bud hits the books and talking about masturbation, of course, you're going to you know, we're men. We're going to revert to 14-year-old thinking and start making jokes about it. Uh, so anyway, though, I love producing those two. I want to do more on uh, Bud Hits the Books, but uh, rights, uh, you know, they had some songs. I had a string of songs. I think I'm going to try and reproduce that one with those songs in there and just put it out on the podcast feed instead of YouTube. Because I think you would all notice the theme of these songs, you know, strung together about uh, 30 seconds apart. I wish I could have done that. Uh, That was one of the frustrating parts was trying to find music that you could put in the background that YouTube wouldn't say, ah, you can't use this. What was my single greatest or most favorite moment from the podcast? Steve, being the president of the Steve fan club. Bringing that Steve love to everybody, like, and seeing people, like, rally behind me and Steve was, like, my greatest memory. Even, like, Alex incorporating Steve things towards me. Just, like, I loved it. It was so, oh my god, it was so good. So, Steve. Steve is is my, is the greatest and most favorite thing. Um, And I want to say the joke about the Steve hat, the, the one that, like, claps, and... The way Alex, like, used that against me, that's probably my favorite, like, moments. Well, that has to be, you know, it was a tie between two of them. It was a tie between the interview with Michael Moyer or the very first episode all eight of us did for season eight, episode one. That was an insane morning. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember exactly how I was sitting. That was one of the first episodes I ever edited. And it was the first time all eight of us were on one episode together. It was nuts. 
but I just remember feeling so excited. The idea that we were all going to be heard by the audience, it was great. I remember getting off, um, I remember turning off the recording and just getting up, stretching. It was like 10.30 in the morning. We started at like, it must have been 6 or 7 in the morning, maybe even earlier than that to get Annabelle and Matt. So we had been going for like four straight hours. And I just flopped down onto my bed. I turned over. I stared over at my computer and the microphone and just felt really connected. I will be honest with all of the audience out there. This is the first time I've ever was a part of something that I was creating. Like, I was never into art or music or painting or... um, any kind of stuff like I was just it was just not my thing and I always wondered if I had a creative bone in my body and I think I found it I'm sure I found it with podcasting and that I discovered it through married with children (laughs) I couldn't be more happy my single greatest favorite moment from the podcast I don't know that I have a single one. Uh, there are so many. And some of those are even from before or even after I was on the show. But I remember I used to love listening to JP in the early seasons of the show and Jerry Herring with his love for Steve. Uh, that always tickled me. But there were just so many amazing moments. It's, I, I can't possibly pick one. Boy, that would take... Uh... <laughs> A lot of thought and re-listening. I don't know. I just remember so many times just burst out laughing with Dan and Jamie and having such an amazing time. It was just the the humor and the fun of it all. Pro- or I always go back to it, but the Sam Kennison one sticks out for sure. That was just different. The, f- the first one Dan and Jamie did with me really stuck out because they we were reinvigorating the show is a recast new lineup and the energy we had the excitement we had on that show the dentist one it really just came through so much and that was just such an exciting moment i remember like thinking i was it was gloom and doom when jerry couldn't do it anymore for health reasons and jp stepped down and then when I got my skeleton crew people in here and I saw how well it went. I never forget turning the mic off and just feeling like, wow, the thing I was so passionate about that I was so afraid about, it's it's back and it's going to be great. So that was one of my favorite moments. Just doing the show with Jerry and JP, the whole thing is one of my favorite moments because I never really did a podcast with Jerry or JP in any real way. We did some shows, but to start one on our own, that was a real special thing and something I'm really happy I did and definitely glad the people I chose to do it with. I think I've alluded to that already when I mentioned the Michael interview because having interviewed Michael G. Moy, the co-creator of Married with Children, this is the creator of the show. I never in a million years thought that this would happen. The man who created my favorite television show of all time is sitting somewhere in America and I'm talking to him and asking him questions. And that was so great to do that 
with Alex. And I'm honoured and flattered and humbled that they would ask me to do that with him. I mean, I would have got to have spoken to him. But yeah, I just couldn't predict that was going to happen. And at the end of the interview, I lost my shit. You can hear it. If you listen out for it, you can hear it. I, 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 I couldn't help it. I started weeping because it all came to a head. I was holding it in and then it's like, holy crap, I've peaked. Wow. Question seven. What do you think is the legacy of Married with Children and this podcast? Well, the legacy of Married with Children is one that will never end. We can go on for hours and hours about what a great show this is, how funny it is, how great the cast is, the writers, all the -the behind-the-scenes crew, but I think it boils down to a great TV show with constant laughs with a cast who will forever be associated with this television show but have gone on to achieve so much in their personal lives and their careers. And it's a show that if you mention it to people, people smile. People look back on it fondly and say, oh, that show. This is taking into account that they've actually heard of the show before because now we're getting into the stage where, you know, fetuses who were not born when the show finished haven't heard of the television show. If it's not available on a streaming platform, perhaps they don't know it. They should know it because the legacy is that this show was well for its time It was groundbreaking in a lot of respects, and it's just an awesome show, and it's a cool show, and it's still a cool show. And the legacy of this podcast, if we can align the podcast with the TV show for a moment, is that it helps keep the fandom alive. And I certainly do my part to keep the fandom alive. I run a Facebook page called Married with Children Unofficial, which has now just reached 60,000 followers and constant stream of messages and likes and comments and shares. And I post purely Married to Children content. If it's not related to the show, I don't post it. And people can't get enough. They love it. They love being reminded. They want to know what episodes things happened in, you know, new fans, old fans. It's just one big happy place. It's a big happy place, the internet. It's also a very scary place. People come and they watch this show and they want to laugh and they love this show. And I think the podcast keeps that alive. It's it's a new, it's something new. Now, we don't know for sure that Married with Children is going to come back in this animation form. It might not. Then again, it might be a, a short-lived project and we'll discuss it and move on and it'll, and it'll re-inject some more interest in the show. It's like every time there's a, a, a minor Bundy reunion of some kind, the interest in the show is reinvigorated. And I think, if nothing else, that's what will happen if this animation new version of Married to Children goes ahead. Anytime there's a reunion, people will like, oh, we want a proper reunion. We want a proper finale. Uh, what are they up to now? But part of me really doesn't want a reunion. I like to see the actors in the room together, and it's and it's and that's what I love. I would love maybe a one-off special, just to see what they could do now. But I think uh, Michael Moy, again speaks very well on that point in his interview leave it as is but that being said the animation is a way to keep it set in that time period and keep keep the show frozen in its form if they can do it well and so for this podcast we would then discuss that project 
And we've also got a few, uh, just a couple of ideas up our sleeves. Uh, full disclosure, I've had one interview fall through. I will not say who out of respect for their privacy because they're very shy, uh, but it's not one of the main cast. It's someone who worked behind the scenes. But if we can continue to round up some of the crew and some of the recurring guest stars or any of the guest stars, just to have a chat. And if we can get something on file, that'd be fantastic. So I think that's the legacy of the podcast. We're getting information from the people who were there and digging a little deeper. And that, that all started with having a dedicated podcast for every single episode. And then it starts to branch out into Alex, Jerry and JP interviewed Amanda Burse. That was amazing. We thought, okay, this is doable. And so when the next team came on board, they continued Alex's legacy, if you will. And then when we came on board, we wanted to honour that legacy and honour Alex, the podcast, the former podcast teams, and the show itself. And with the amount of work we've put into everything, yes, the podcasts get longer. We, we talk about more. We have special guests. We invite more and more people on. We want this podcast to reach as many people as possible. And one way to do that is to get some of these interviews and get that stuff that nobody else can get. So that is the legacy of this podcast. And I hopefully that's just a small part, a small functional part in keeping the legacy of Married with Children alive. I think the legacy of Married with Children is that it was the prime time, sort of innocent looking, innocent named comedy sitcom that came in and kicked you in the balls. I mean, that's what it really is. I mean, they started off slow in season one, eased you into it. I mean, the, the insults were plenty, but it just wasn't what it became. Midway through two and obviously three through five, the heyday. And um, I think the legacy for Marrow Children's huge. I mean, Al Bundy will always be iconic. Peg will always be iconic. Everyone, the kids, whatever. There'll be memes forever on the internet. The four touchdowns. Every It seems like everybody knows that from around the world, really. Because I, I just came across somebody today that my name on something was Al Bundy. And, he, and they actually knew what it was. And these people live in, like, another country. So, I mean, the legacy is huge for Mary Children. It, it's an iconic symbol of freedom and the kind of comedy that we will never see today uh just with the insults on on sexuality on obesity on on anything really uh the violence in a lot of ways i mean you'll get violence in tv shows but not this type of tv show and not when it airs or anything like that so it's definitely unique in that way and it definitely kind of put a huge footprint and television entertainment, and I think a lot of shows mirrored themselves and, and did followed in the same fashion because they knew what was good. And this podcast, it's the legacy for this is just it's a podcast that shows you that if you're passionate and you love something and it's 30 years outdated or whatever, it really doesn't matter. You could bring it back to life and it could feel as fresh and new as it was in 1987. And you could treat it as such, and you could you could convey that love and the passion, and it comes through. When you talk about it today, it will feel as fresh as whatever. So 
what you could take away from this is uh, you got to show that you really want to hear a big deep dive and you're always waiting for someone else to do something. Well, life will not wait for you. So if you want to hear something, you want something to be out there and be a tangible thing that you can consume, do it yourself. Best way to get it done. Okay, so firstly, I'll talk about Merida Children's Legacy. So if you go back to the mid-80s, or late 80s, should I say, or go back to 1986, when Married to Children was first being pitched. It premiered in 87, but the title was taped in 86, so I imagine it would be first pitched in 85 or 86. So if you look at the um, typical family sitcoms of the time, especially, say, Family Ties, Growing Pains, and the Now Disgrace Cosby Show... I mean, they're all very, you know, saccharine, sweet. Uh, I mean, Family Ties that that reversed all in the family dynamic, but it was nowhere near as funny or as powerful as all in the family was. (laughs) I mean, uh, I'll just say, I mean, Archie Bunker is way funnier than Alex P. Keaton. There's someone to laugh at. Yeah, Archie Bunker is way funnier to laugh at. But But anyway, so you get the gist. Those three shows in particular were very saccharine and sweet. Obviously, you had, say, Cheers, which is more adult. And you had Night Court, which was even more adult and definitely not a kid's show. But, you know, there was no real dysfunctional family. Um, though, I mean, sure, those, the kids in those shows had realistic problems, but they were always resolved within half an hour. And, yes, um, I think TV needed a bit of a shake-up at that, at that time. Uh, I mean, I like, I, love, I like family ties, I like growing pains. I mean, but don't get me wrong. Family sitcoms needed a shake-up, and I'm so glad Married to Children roared onto TV. You know, especially because it would have catered for the older children in the families. That they would have, it was something they would have liked, along with pushing the envelope on the, the, the then new Fox network. So this would pave the way for the likes of, say, The Simpsons, which also which pushed the envelope even more. And obviously, that paved the way for South Park, which pushed not just pushed the envelope, but basically ripped it to shreds. So, Married to Children has really broke a lot of ground in that regard, much like All in the Family did some 16 years prior. And then, the, and obviously, without All in the Family, there'd be no Married to Children. So, yes, didn't break as much ground, but I still consider it a very important show for those reasons, you know? Probably one of the first families that weren't perfect. Roseanne, which premiered in 1988, which, you could, which also said in Chicago, was a lot more grounded and realistic than Married to Children. But again, the family, they weren't well off. They, they were someone, the average Tom, Dick, and Harriet could relate to more, because a lot of sitcom families tend to be rather well off, and, I mean, obviously, most people don't live like that. Okay, now, I've met many a fan personally over my nearly 16 years, 16 is coming June in 2023, of fandom, especially the older I've got. So when I first became a fan, most of my friends thought, oh, that's old, oh, that show sucks. Because, I mean, it had been over for 10 years by the time I watched it, and especially being teenagers, most of us uh, didn't really care for it. A few, a few of my mates did, but most of them didn't care, so I became known, amongst other things, as the guy who likes that old show, <laughs> which still stands to this day. But especially as from mid-20s onwards, I found plenty of people who, you know, actually liked the show. Uh, it's still got a strong following in my part of Australia, some 26 years after it was cancelled. Why, if you ask me? Okay. I'd say it's unique brand of humour, the chemistry of the main cast, the brilliant supporting characters, you know, the no-man guys, Miranda, and all the... I'd name those two. Amber, Ariel, so amazing supporting characters, Hot Birds, 
And the fact that the show is one of a kind, I can't think of too many like it. I mean, Unhappily Ever After is kind of a... I've never seen it, so I can't comment on it. But that's the closest I can think of. There's literally, it's literally a one of a kind, if you ask me, Married to Children. Those are the reasons why I think it endures in 2023. While more recent sitcoms, with the notable exception of Friends, which again is eternally popular, more so than Married to Children, but more recent sitcoms that were popular amongst my age group have simply gone by the wayside. Ask yourselves, how many people do you hear talking about two and a half men, How I Met Your Mother, or The Big Bang Theory now? I mean, those shows were all huge amongst people my age, especially when they were first on. Two and a half men, you couldn't, it was on every night on reruns when I was in high, late high school and when I was in university. How I Met Your Mother was massive. The Big Bang Theory, again, that was in reruns every night. You couldn't get away from it. Uh, everyone, whether you're a nerd or not, except for myself, uh, seemed to like it. But yes, how many people... You don't really hear those shows being talked about anymore, do you? And to be honest, I don't think they have as much staying power as Married to Children did. I might be biased because I'm the biggest Married to Children fan in WA, but just my two cents. I think the legacy of Married with Children is that it's the ultimate time capsule from the past. A time, and, and, and this show came in at the perfect time. It came in after, I guess you could say, the, the you know, the, or I, or I guess I would say it came in during the era of family values television. <laughs> it, it came in at the perfect time, and it kind of thumbed its nose up to, uh, you know, the, the other shows, the, Happy Days and Full House and Family Matters and The Cosby Show and so on and so forth. It was not traditional at all, and it uh, kind of uh, refused to toe the line. And it came in at the perfect time because uh, there was a network that was willing to put it on. You know, there was a network that needed to make a name for itself and make a splash, and and that's exactly what it did. And it also came in before the, the PC era, the politically correct era. So it came in at the perfect time. And whenever I think of uh, the legacy of Married with Children, I think that, you know, probably 20 years from now, 30 years from now, I'll be telling my children and grandchildren and some young kids somewhere, this show, Married with Children, was a great time capsule that came in at the perfect window in the late 80s and then to the mid to late 90s at the perfect opportunity it had the perfect creators, Michael Moy and Ron Levitt, uh, the perfect casting with Ed O'Neill, Katie Seagal, Christina Applegate, David Faustino, Amanda Beers, Ted McGinley, and David Garrison, and the perfect support characters to make the perfect show. And uh, to me, that's the legacy of the show, the perfect time capsule and the perfect period. And I'm so thankful that we got it. As far as the legacy of the podcast itself, I hope that people remember us as uh, a group of super fans that loved the show and uh, did everything that we could to make a perfect podcast. I've said before that uh, none of us have any you know, connections to Hollywood or anything like that. We just have a love for the show, and we wanted to make a podcast that people could enjoy. And we're uh, thankful that uh, Alex founded the, the podcast for us, and we're uh, thankful, you know, that all the co-hosts were able to be involved in it. I know I'm thankful for it, and uh, I'm really glad we were able to get some guest interviews. Um, that was uh, 
one of the funnest part of, parts of it. So, and I hope everyone has been able to enjoy it. As far as the, the legacy of married with children, I think that that will continue to go on because it was groundbreaking. When that show came out, people just hadn't seen anything quite like that before. So I think that that was important then and will remain important. And I hope that the legacy of the podcast continues as well, because I haven't checked the landscape recently, but when I was on the show, it was the only one out there. And the amount of effort and production that First Alex and that, well, anyone who's ever had anything to do with the production side of the show, the, the amount of care and love that goes into it, uh, it's incredible. And I think it's very inspiring. So I hope it does continue to go on. First of all, the show, again, just um, an irreverent family comedy. Not the Cosby's was supposedly it's going to be its original name. I just love the fact that it turned the family sitcom on its head, that these people, you know, are, you know, the Bundys are not the most loving family in the world. They still do love each other. That's what I love about it. I love that moments when Al and, Al and Peggy are showing true affection for each other and love. I think that's another thing I like about Dial B for Virgin. And, and Kelly comes to help Bud, Bud helps Kelly, and it's just great. I think the legacy is that if you like, I kind of said this earlier, but if you love something and you want to like dig into it with other fans, then you can do a podcast of it. That's the legacy of married with children podcast is if you love something and you want a creative outlet dealing with that, you can take your fandom and make a podcast or a YouTube channel or anything like that. You can do it. You have no idea. We had no idea when we started the Married Children podcast if people would listen to this at all. But we did it. And we did it well. And whether it was changing of host, changing of characters on the show, we like it always kept going and grew into its own thing. It got its own life. And that proves that any of you listening can do the same thing if you're passionate enough about it. Well, that's a two-folded question. So the legacy, I think, that Married with Children, the show, has left is what I mentioned in one of the first questions, that it is a subversion of all the wholesome ideas that we expect to see in a typical family sitcom. It flips basic ideas such as sexuality stereotypes on women and men, both teenagers and adults, uh, familial roles and everything, lessons and morals that can be taught. It turns them all on their heads and relies completely on surrealist, even as we, as I like to quote, Looney Tunish. But in the end, it creates something that can still be very wonderful to watch. I put it in the same realm as Golden Girls, The Simpsons, Futurama, and a few other shows, uh, specifically sitcoms, that I personally put on as comforting background noise when I need to fall asleep, when I don't know what to watch. 
It's just a great thing to have on because anytime I tune in, I know I'm going to have a good time. And if I tune out, I know the episode so well that <laughs> I really can just pick up immediately where it was left off. I think that Married with Children, and one thing I'll say about this is that I, of all the co-hosts, was the only one who was married with children. I think that when you think back on you know viewing the show as a, an eight-year-old and then bringing it forward through the years, it's empathizing with the character of Al, knowing what it's like to be a parent. And when you listen to the opening credits, you hear what appears to be a jail cell. <laughs> and, you know, being married with children is a life sentence. But, you know, they put, put a spin of comedy on it because at the end of the day, Al loves his children. He loves his wife even though they don't necessarily always do everything that he wants and the way he wants it done. And just being able to shine a light on it and laugh is a wonderful thing. And for the legacy of this podcast, I'll say it's just, again, it's the fact that we went through and we pay tribute to it. We honored it. This is one of those shows that will be around. I think as times go on and, and tastes change, it may not have a very huge following, maybe 50 years from now, but there definitely will be a following the same way that there's a following for Charlie Chaplin or Laurel and Hardy or the Honeymooners. So if this podcast is out there and available and people can listen to this 50 years from now and you know we gave somebody some insight and made them laugh in our own analysis or how we laughed at certain things – it's a good legacy to have. Last question. Do you have a final message for the fans of this podcast? Thank you all so much. We wouldn't have existed without you. Uh, we're still going to put out some material from time to time. I know Stefan and Tyler and I are working on, uh, we'll be working on recording soon, a review of Little Giants, a movie that starred Ed O'Neill. We might start doing that on occasion. Um, so hopefully that'll come to fruition soon and we might review a classic episode that we like. So well, that's in the works and hopefully I'll get to reproduce Dial B for Virgin with the original vision I had. We'll call it the director's cut or the producer's cut. So I just want to tell everybody out there, all the fans, all the listeners. Buddy! My final message is going to be long live Steve. May you find your inner Steve every day. When you wake up, I hope Steve's light shines upon you and you stand up and, and live your best Steve life. But actually, in all seriously, I want to thank Alex Edwards. Without him, this project would have never have started. It uh, was one of the funnest experience I ever had doing a podcast, the creativity behind it, the, uh, the, the watching the show, the research, the, everything. Um, God, Alex really, really brought this to life. And uh, honestly, I don't want to go back and redo it. Um, I want to go back and podcast with, with Alex and just have a good 
time. Okay, I'm sorry. I I had to stop. I actually teared up. Um, but I really do want to thank Alex for making this podcast a real world thing. It 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 became a lot bigger than I ever thought it would be, and continued on through ups and downs and and changing of the guard. And um, without Alex's original vision, that would have never have happened. So. Uh, Thanks to him for giving us all of this, whether you were part of the show creating or you were a listener. Thank you. Thank you to all the listeners who who enjoyed me and had my back. It really means a lot to me. And um, I I guess I realize now that it's over that um, I really miss. I really miss everything about it. I miss recording. I miss watching. I miss researching. I, uh, I miss listening. Um so, uh, damn it, I'm starting to tear up again. Um, so everyone, I, I love all of you. And, um, Alex, thank you so much for creating this for all of us. And, um, thank you to all of the other hosts who have taken up the mantle and continued with it, uh, till the end. That's that's insane. Y'all are so great. I love all of you. I love all the listeners. And above all, I love everyone in the Steve fan club. Thank y'all. And uh, I guess we'll see you in reruns. Hold this show close to your heart because we will never get this type of programming again. As I said before, um, this show is the perfect time capsule to kind of bridge the gap between family programming like the Cosby show and the PC era that we live in today. So hold this hold this show close to your heart. If you've got the DVD sets, hold on to those. If you got the Blu-ray sets, hold on to those. Um, I have the each individual season, one through eleven I bought back in the day and I know I'll treasure those forever. Uh, if you're someone who's a streamer, you know, make sure you got access to the stream so you can watch it. But hold this show close to your heart because we'll never get this type of programming again. Um, and as I said before, this can always be your go-to show. If you've got a rough day at work, you can come home and watch this. If you got uh, something going on in your life, you know, this is a great show to sit down, turn your brain off and enjoy the spectacle and there's also you know something to be said about um, making it relatable to life you know something i do every december is i binge watch every uh, christmas episode you know and uh, my friends that know me uh, personally on a personal level know you know uh, in everyday life i can relate almost everything to an episode of married with children or a scene from married with children so uh Make that something that you do and uh, hold this show close to your heart because we will never get it again. So, Chris Gunter signing off for the final time. Whoa, Bundy! No matter what anyone else says, don't let anyone try and change your sense of humor. I love Married to Children and probably will in some way for the rest of my life. Friends of mine have visited my house now I've got Married to Children memorabilia on my walls and on my shelves. And I like to jokingly remind people, yes, I do do things that aren't watching Married to Children in my spare time.
Also, if you want to do something, go for it. I have no regrets doing the podcast, that's for sure. Don't end with our podcast. Continue listening. Continue sharing with the fans on the Facebook page. Message us. We're not going uh, silent. Everyone can get access to any of the hosts through the Facebook page. We all message each other. We all have a shared group uh, Facebook uh, messenger page that we keep in touch with. We are always looking for new ideas, new ways to keep the show alive. What I really think was the best part about this podcast was the people I've met and the things that we've created. And I also, if you are not a huge podcast listener and for some reason are listening to the goodbye message and you really haven't listened to all of them, or you're really just not, or Maybe you're just a huge fan of the podcast, but you don't like any of the other, you know, extra stuff that we put out. If you listen to any of the extra stuff, please, pretty, pretty please, listen to the interviews. Those interviews are incredible. We have Michael Moyer. We had, well, we didn't have him. uh, We didn't have her. Alex did, but he got, Alex got Amanda Bierce. We have side, uh, we have recurring characters. We have gotten actual, and I'm going to use a collegiate term. We actually have created primary sources for people who are researching television history. Like, this is insane. Stuff that Michael Moyer told us that I got to be a part of is stuff that could be used in a research paper. And in fact, I'm going to personally try to push to have those interviews and possibly all of our episodes transcribed. I know there's services out there that do that and have them posted on the Facebook page because we not only created entertainment, but we also created information. So I guess that is my final message uh, to the fans of this show. And my final thing that I want to say that's not even a question is I just want to thank every single one of my co-hosts. Every single one of us brought something special to the uh, pod- to the podcast. I know I brought something. Probably uh, youth and, uh, you know, uh, youth and vigor, I guess. We'll we'll say that. (laughs) Um, Annabelle brought an encyclopedic knowledge of Marywood children that can't be beat. I mean, even Google fails to her sometimes. (laughs) Matt brought all of that Aussie charm that we all love to make fun of, but we all love sincerely. Chris... My man Chris, he hooked us up with so many of those awesome interviews. Like, if it wasn't for him, I don't know. Mm-mm. I can't imagine how far we would have gotten into that part. Steven, well, besides being the best co-host a guy could have ever asked for, 
really kept up with the Facebook stuff and just kept the flow of energy and passion into the fan page when a lot of us were really uh, struggling, including me, to keep up with. Luigi, I mean, there would be no Married with Children podcast seasons 8 through 11 without Luigi. I mean, we would have been able to record them, but we never would have been able to keep up with his efficiency on uploading everything and keeping things going uh, from everything from our Podbean to our Facebook to our um, Patreon and every other technical piece. He's helped me edit on many occasions. And basically, there was no way... I I'm, I still marvel that Alex was able to do seasons one through seven weekly on his own. Still blows my mind. And we are not Alex. Neither one of us would ever claim to be that. We are all novices. As far as I can tell, none of us really were into this podcast game before we started this. We all got together. We took a vote. We discussed and we figured out a format. And a couple years later, is it a couple years? I think it's a couple years later, here we are. And I guess I just wanted to give my last shout out to basically the group. Thank you guys so much for all the wonderful times. And Alex, thank you so much for giving us the proper send off and giving us your seal of approval completes everything in a perfect circle so if you haven't listened to any of our episodes yet and for some reason are listening to this one get to listening it's going to be a great time and if you've already listened to every single one of them listen to them again it's a good time they're not going anywhere so for the final but i don't believe last whoa bundy my final message to fans of this show is this. I really, really appreciate you guys. Whether you were listening when I was on the show or not, I just appreciate the fact that you're out there. And if you are, that means that you love Married with Children as much as we did and or do. And it's incredible to know exactly how many people out there feel the same way. So uh, mainly, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. And I hope you continue to enjoy Married with Children. How could you not? And keep that legacy going. Just keep laughing. You know, and as I said, in terms of what Married with Children meant to me, in, in order to just go back to that, when you're having a bad day, this has been sort of a great medicine to think about what it means to be a human and what it means to laugh, being able to laugh at yourself. So keep laughing and keep tuning in. And though the podcast will come to an end, we're still going to be around. And I think that's my final message to the fans of this show. We're not going away. We're, we're still going to be here. Our Facebook group will be active. Our YouTube channel is still going to remain active. Go back to the start. Listen to the pilot. Start again. There's hours and hours and hours of listening time there. 
That's 259 episodes of the TV show. There's some special episodes and some extra episodes and little tidbits here and there. Listen to them all again from the start. I want to thank all of our listeners, especially those people who take time to write comments, leave messages, who spread the word about the podcast. Doesn't matter if you came if you come in at you know, season one like I did, or if you're a new person who's come in, you know, mid-season 10 or whatever. There's a lot of people I could I could thank, certainly. You know who you are. I have thanked you individually. We, we've had a lot of great guests and co-hosts from Australia and America and around the world as well. You know, in Australia, we've got, we've got Chris Nonis, Steve Owen, and of course, my partner in crime, my honorary little brother, Matt. And then it extends to, to Stephen and Tyler. And then Chris, who's probably the friendliest guy on the internet. And then, of course, our editor and producer-in-chief, Luigi. Luigi and I have discussed many, many hours of podcasting, whether it's p- uh, putting the show notes together or constructing the podcast together. So if we say chef's kiss, we know exactly what we're talking about. So we make the podcast. Mwah. So my message to the fans is a big big thank you. And as I said to the people that we've gotten to speak to and interview, such as Harold Sylvester, Ed Bell, Michael Moy, just to name a few, I've always said thank you, a big, big thank you from me. That is my message to fans of the podcast and fans of Married With Children. It's a big thank you and keep that legacy going. Bundys are losers, not quitters. I just want to say thank you for giving us a chance. Thank you for taking the journey. I know it's a very niche thing. It's not like we're going to have 10,000 listeners a show. I never thought we would for a second. It was never about that. You got to think of all the Married with Children fans in the world, and then how old are these people at this point, and how many people in the world even listen to podcasts. You know, it's all, it just keeps getting smaller and smaller the more you think about it. And then how many of them are going to find this podcast? How many of them are going to like us personalities exactly and like how we do it? So it just keeps getting smaller and smaller. So it was never about being this huge show and like taking over podcasting or anything or getting famous. It was just about kind of sharing the love and passion I wanted to put out there and I thought it deserved and I'm glad you guys did too, and I'm glad you dug our, our personalities and our approaches and our humor. And you guys can really thank the guys who picked up the ball after Season 7 and ran it over that that touchdown. You know, it it was really big of these guys to come and do that, and it just showed that they were as passionate as I was, and they knew that for one reason or another, things were not going to continue and they just like, uh, what they did was amazing. I totally unexpected. And they completed this journey and now it's done. It's bookended and it's solid all the way through because of just love and passion. So yeah, again, thank you for listening. Thanks for taking the journey. I hope you loved it. It's always going to be out there for you to revisit from our meager beginnings to this grand finale from three hosts and then another three hosts to a bunch of people and a mixture of hosts and it had so much variety i mean it 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 has so much for you to re-explore and and relive and uh i'm just 
proud to have been a part of it and proud to know such good people. So on behalf of all the co-hosts over these past six years, I would like to thank you for having listened to us, supported us, provided feedback, and most importantly, for having laughed with us. I could not think of a better way of ending this podcast than by listening to the words of Michael Moyet, the creator of Married with Children. From his interview with the Television Academy Foundation, when he described what he feels is the legacy of his show. Funny, and I, at least that's that's what I hope. Again, I I don't believe in like these you know long winded you know legacy things. I, you know, I I just hope and I think that I achieved this because I got a lot of letters, you know, saying, you know. I was in the hospital. You know, I had fill-in-the-blank removed. You know, my life the last couple weeks, I mean, the last couple years, has been nothing but crap upon crap upon crap. But I know that on Sunday nights, I could turn on Fox, I could watch Al Bundy, and for 30 minutes, I can absolutely forget about every problem that I have. That's all I want the legacy of Married with Children to be. I, I don't care if they, people forget my name, forget Ron's name, forget everything, forget Fox, forget as long as, and I get this, I, you know, I get you know, from people who were in college then, from people, you know, that, that's a little disturbing that now I'm starting to get it from people who look, you know, they're 50, but you know, I, I get, you know, People saying, "Yeah, I, when when I was a kid, and they always they'll start to smile already." You know that episode where fill in the blank, that was the funniest crap, man. I, I, that's all I want the episode to be. That's all I ever wanted. Anything comedic that I've ever written to be. I don't want anyone to learn anything from anything that I've written. Nothing. I, I'm not. I I can't. I'm not smart enough to educate you. I can't raise your children. I can't enlighten you. I can't make you any better of a person than you were 30 minutes ago. I I don't even try. But you know what? I can make you laugh. I can do that. I can do the hell out of that. If, you know, you give me a chance. That's the the legacy married with children. I was lucky to have been able to interview him on that podcast with Annabelle, and I can safely say it was a thrill and honor of my life to be able to express my gratitude to him for all of this. Again, this is your buddy Al, and this was the Married with Children podcast. Thank you. Love and marriage, love and marriage Go together like a horse and carriage This I tell you, brother You can't have one without the other Love and marriage, love and marriage It's 
it's an institute you can't disparage Ask the local gentry And they will say it's elementary Try, try, try to separate them It's an illusion Try, try, try and you will only come To this conclusion, love and marriage, love and marriage Go together like a horse and carriage Dad was told by mother You can't have one, you can't have none You can't have one without the other separate them it's an illusion try 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 and you will only come to this conclusion love and marriage love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage dad was told by mother you can't have one You can't have 